0: Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Well, aren't you glad you're saved? I don't know about you this morning, but I've enjoyed the music, and it's been a wonderful day already. I feel as if we've already worshiped the Lord well, and we've been able to sing to the Lord. And Christ is worthy of it all. He's alive. He's well. He's risen. And He is in our heart today. If you have trusted Him, I pray and trust you have. If not, this is a great place to do so. And it's a wonderful place and a great day to get saved. And we can help you with that. But if you're saved, what a wonderful Savior. And what a wonderful King. He's, he is worthy of it all. And I'm so thankful that His uh, life did not and His body do not stay in the grave, aren't you? And because He is alive, we are able to see Him one day risen, and forevermore. And so we look forward to that day. What if He came today? Would you be ready? I hope you would be. I trust you would be. And I pray that I would be as well. And I thank God for salvation. Great things are happening here at this church. I hope you realize that. I hope you sense that. Um, I um, want you to just pray for our pastor and and Miss Yunizzi. They're away and and enjoying some time away. They said they miss you. And so that you includes Everybody. All right? So they miss you, 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 you you know, everybody. And um, so when we miss them, and we're praying that they have a good time away, they'll be back with us, uh, Lord willing, Uh, they'll be back Wednesday and be continuing this message series on emotions, and what a great message series that's been. How many of you have enjoyed that and gotten something from that? I know I have, and uh, been able to watch that and um, just glean from that and just thankful for it. I'm thankful for our pastor. I'm thankful for God's Word. I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for salvation. There's so much I'm thankful for. You know, we don't have time to to tell all the blessings and count our blessings of all that we are thankful for, but you should be thankful today. It shouldn't take till Thanksgiving to be thankful, right? And so, but that's coming too. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of something great that is happening, and I believe it is here. And uh, you look at your life, can you see some great days that you've had in your life? I, I hope... And trust that you have. I believe God has great days in store for us, and um, the devil doesn't want it. He doesn't want great things for you or I. The Bible says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, seeketh whom he may devour." And um, so here it is: the devil doesn't want you. He wants your influence. He doesn't want you. He wants your influence. And so great things are happening, and I believe the devil doesn't like it because you know why? He wants to keep you from experiencing God's great love, his great passion, his great forgiveness, his great mercy, as we sang this morning, and his great care. It's available to us all. Hey, the devil wants you to forget the day of your salvation. Sure does. He wants you to forget and not think about it as being the greatest day of your life. He just wants you to think it's just another day, just another decision. Just something that you did, but we would do well, please listen closely, to walk by Calvary every day. Walk by Calvary every day. I hope you know what I mean by that, and I I hope that you still have the joy of your salvation, and and I hope that it hasn't kind of weaned away and and you've lost that joy that God has given to you. That day that you got saved, it should be the day that changed your life forever. It was a great day that I knelt down in Highland, Indiana on Oakdale Street, ugly brown couch. (laughs) But you know that didn't matter because I was taking a precious Savior into my heart and a beautiful Savior, knowing that He died for me and that I needed to just put my trust in Him and knowing I was a sinner and that Jesus had done all He needed to do, die on the cross for me that day and put my trust and belief in Him in the greatest day of my life. It was so special, I had a Bible at the time that I wrote that day, October 29th. October 29th, that would have been yesterday. Spiritual birthday. Because a physical birthday is important, but more important than a physical birthday is a spiritual birthday. And I thank God for my spiritual birthday. Another great day that came to my life was the day I surrendered to preach as a 10-year-old young man. And I believe my dad wrote it in my Bible then proud and, you know, a son making a decision for, for God. Some great days of Bible college, and I sat underneath some great preaching, and I would go then to the fly leaf of my Bible, you know where the fly leaf is, and kind of the back and the empty pages, and I'd write the quotes that I thought were really good, and by the way, pastor's got some good ones. And, I, and I'd write those quotes down, and, and I'd think, man, that, that's good, that's good, and I'd want it almost, you know... T- kind of tucked away in my Bible because the Bible's better, the words of God are the best, but I kind of thought those quotes were pretty good too, and I wanted to write those and make sure they're in the same place. The day I got ordained in the ministry, I was given a Bible. That was a great day, and that's a special Bible, and to be honest, I don't even use that Bible. That's kind of tucked away as, as that's the special Bible that, you know, that's the, my Bible that I got ordained with, and so that one has some special notes from the people that, that uh, you know, I had to pass all the questions and the exam of being ordained. And then they made those nice comments after they asked those hard questions, you know, before. And, and so that was a special day. Uh, of course, a special day it was January 3rd, and my wife and I got married, and that was a great day. And So I wrote that down in my Bible to remember. I'm just joking. <laughs> but it was written on a marriage certificate, I can guarantee that. And I'm glad my children's birth certificates are written as well, because that helps me to remember when you have as many as I do. But God has granted to each one of us some great days. And God still has some great days in store for us, because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You realize that Hebrews says, God, having provided some better thing for us, You know, the greatest day that will take place in our life is the day that we look at Jesus face to face. That's going to be the greatest day. By the way, God, when He says something, He has it written down as well. And He keeps all His promises, and I'm so thankful that in 1 John 3, 2, it says, we shall see Him as He is. In Revelation 1, 7, it says, every eye shall see Him. It says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so there's some great things written down in this Word of God, no matter which copy I have here this morning. The Word of God, I believe it's in its entirety from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation, and every jot and every tittle, it all matters, it's all important. Because God wanted us to remember these things, and not just to remember them, but to live them, and to follow them, and to do something with them, so that it won't just serve as a reminder. This is not one big post-it note. But it tells a story. It's His story. And it's to be carried out and it's to be taken to the next generation. And so notice with me please in Jeremiah what is written in Jeremiah chapter 36. Would you turn there with me please? Jeremiah 36. Jeremiah 36. This is something God wanted to have written. Jeremiah the weeping prophet Exactly what God wants Jeremiah to do is have some things written. And so he says, Jeremiah thirty-six, one, and it came to pass in the fourth year. Jeremiah 36. Of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel." And against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah even unto this day. Jeremiah 36 says Jeremiah had been ministering for 23 years, and now God wants him to write this message. God wanted these exact words written that we look at today. Not only in verse 1 and 2, but in verse 3, here's the purpose. Here is why it says, It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. This is God's ultimate desire. See, the greatest book comes from the greatest God. And the greatness of God's book can be great in our life for each one of us individually here today. The thing that I know that God knows about each one of us is this. For great things to happen, number one, adjustments are needed. Adjustments are needed. The purpose, which you underline, maybe if you're in the habit of underlining, the words in verse 3, it says, it may be. And then would you underline these words as well, that they may return. And also, these words at the end of this verse, that I may forgive. It may be they will hear and that they may return that I may forgive. By the way, this is from the Lord, and He has graciousness and kindness. It's even shown into this verse here today that they may return that I may forgive. This is what God desires of all of us because God always wants a return to Him. Always. It's from the Lord that He says that they may return and that I may forgive. And He says, It may be. It may be. The hope here is that they would hear and they would pray and they would repent. My son and I, and especially my son, and I've kind of had a, a liking or a longing for the good old 1965 Mustangs. Boy, they're beautiful. And they're more beautiful when they're restored and when they've been painted to the exact colors and they've been, you know, taken and and, and worked on and, or maybe something, that all, all that you can keep original. And so my son and I, we stopped. We saw one on the side of the road and it had a for sale sign on it. And so that grabbed my attention and I thought uh, maybe there's a the chance that we could look at this and, and maybe possibly restore it. And as I looked at it and as I thought about it and I continued to see things that needed to be fixed and needed to be maybe redone, and thinking that I have the knowledge to do it, not at all. But my son was with me, so we can do this. And thinking we possibly could, and then it took us walking away to realize, no, there's no way that that would be even possible. But can I tell you this, that God is in the restoration business and He never walks away? And God loves us so much that He keeps working on us and going after us. And God's language here is very kind, it's very gracious, it's very merciful. He's come to the people of Judah and the nation of Judah and Jerusalem, and he says, "I'm coming again. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us just one chance and two chance and three chance? And, and the, you know, even past the 70 times seven, and He continues to give us chance after chance, after chance. Aren't you thankful for that? Well, if you're not, you should be because he's continuing to give you a chance. And God will continue to give you a chance, but don't put him off. And one of the greatest reasons we are given God's word is so that we will see the needs in our life and we will make adjustments accordingly. John 10 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, a continued lack of spiritual adjustments places one out of alignment. I don't know how my tires fell off. I don't know. I don't know how. What that vibration is in the car, but I'm just going to keep on driving. Here I go. That 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 uh that light's been on the dashboard. Nah, doesn't matter. Or here's 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 one that gets us. That dinging of that seatbelt. Oh, that I'll take care of that. I'll sit and put it right behind me, and I'll sit on top of that seatbelt because I want to get rid of that dinging. I'm looking around to see who's laughing. (laughs) Not that any of us would do that, but wait a second. The problem with that is we don't know when we need that seatbelt that was supposed to not just be getting rid of the dinghy and latched into the seatbelt on the seat, but was supposed to be across us. See, the problem with what God is trying to get their attention with is their sin, their condition. But I'm so thankful nothing's beyond repair with God. See, one person said it this way, the only character flaws that can really destroy us are the ones we don't admit. See, you, you you know the sin that needs the most attention in your life, in my life? Now, real quiet. It's the one that we think we're getting away with. That's the one we need to get the most attention to. And God wants us to return, to return back. He wants us to listen to that still small voice and, and wants some adjustments to be needed here, Judah. And so he's going to use Jeremiah, and he's going to, then Jeremiah is going to use another man by the name of Baruch in verse 4. Because fine-tuned adjustments are always better than a complete overhaul. I ask you today, when's the last time you or I allowed God to correct something in our life? And even sometimes, what we do is we accuse others. Oftentimes, it can even be a confession of our own character. Every now and then, it's just good to take a deep heart evaluation. It's almost as if we had to make that hard correct and that that hard turn because it's our own heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm talking about great things happening, though. You realize for great things to happen, adjustments are needed. Any great team that's doing well, adjustments are needed and they're still making adjustments. Adjustments. You realize in your spiritual life that God wants adjustments to continue to be needed in our life? And the greatest day of our life, yes, it should be the day that I got saved, but there still should be some fine-tuning adjustments being made. Worked at an oil shop, and I could tell the ones who hadn't changed their oil, and they came in, and it was as, as if the oil was sludge. It was as if they didn't, it was almost the engine was was dry, and it was almost as if the, the oil was, was so almost like a hardened it wasn't even a liquid any longer and their their engine was about to burn up and so God is trying to get some adjustments that are needed here with these people and in verse 4 would you notice please in Jeremiah 36 that now we go from adjustments needed to actions are requested actions are requested then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. Notice again in verse 7, It may be... It may be not a not a maybe. As maybe it's going to happen. No, it may be. I'm giving them another chance. I'm crying out to them, and I'm and I'm 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 really hoping, and I'm I'm th- that they'll hear, and that they'll respond, and that they'll pray, and that they'll repent. And it may be they will present their supplication and ask God for help and see the need that they need help in their life from God. It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will. What's it say? Return. See, God always wants to return to him. It may be. And so as far as the East is from the West, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us, and whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Can I tell you, dear friend, today the greatest evidence of God's love and forgiveness is the day that he died on Calvary, and that was shown on Calvary the greatest love, greatest forgiveness. May I say again, we do well to walk by Calvary every day. Every day. Hey, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow, and when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. So great salvation in Hebrews not by works of righteousness. The cross is not where it ends. It's where it begins. It's where it all starts. Action is requested. God wanted to do something in my life. He saved me. He bought me. He paid the price. And so if you're saved here today, you you got saved in that day of salvation. And guess what God wanted you to do since that day of salvation and still wants us to do since that day of salvation? He wants some action. He's just trying to request it. He's not going to force it. He's just going to request it. What is he going to use? He's going to use his word. What is he going to use? He's going to use speaking and teaching and and times that that is given to us and your own devotions. And can I ask you this morning, are you and I letting God make necessary adjustments enough to see noticeable action take place in our lives? We're to be a salt of the earth. Is anybody thirsty because of the, the way they see us live? Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. The word of God is given to us and we still have it. And it still needs to be so special to us. Suppose I come to my son and I say, I want you to know that I love you. And I love you so much. Clay that I've deposited $1,000 in your bank account. Is it good? You awake? <laughs> now you are. And I put it in your account, and I've done that for you because I love you, and then he questions me, Dad, how do I know it's really there? Well, I just told you it is. Isn't my word good enough for you to believe and Dad, I think it would mean more to me if you showed me the deposit slip. As if he knows what a deposit slip is even yet. But. <laughs> Better yet, take, take me to the bank. And he, he's requesting that I take him to the bank and, and show him that it's really there. And if it's really there, then he's going to believe that it's really there because he wants to see it. And then, he, then he'll say, I know it's there now. Clay, I told you I put it in there. My word is good enough. I know you want a sign. I know you want something you can see, but maybe even something you can touch and something you can feel and something tangible, but I I gave you my word. I gave you my word. Oh, don't just give me your word. That's not enough. Yes, it is. And God says, adjustments are needed as you read it and as you hear preaching and as you hear teaching and as you have your own devotion. I hope you do and and as you're having devotion in that verse, man, that, that hits, that, that hurts. So oh, that, that encourages, that, that challenges me. It's as if the Scripture is given for instruction and correction and reproof and rebuke. And, and it's as if it's going to make the man of God perfect and thoroughly furnished and unto all good works. And it's as if the Word of God is speaking to me because it is. And it's alive and it's well But it only does someone good if they really take it as God's Word is enough and it's alone. What I need, enough to make not just the adjustments and the fine-tuning is good, and better to make fine-tuning than the complete overhaul. God wants restoration. He wants me to return to Him. But wait a second, it's more than that. He's saying, I need some actions. And some actions to request not to get to heaven, but because you are going to heaven... You should be living as a child of God. and There should be evidence. And so I say, are you you salty today? In a way that other people want to live for God because they see your life being the salt of the earth, making them thirsty for God. Would you notice, please, with me, three public readings in Jeremiah 36. Verse 10, it says, Then read Baruch in the book, the words of Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord the first reading is in the temple the temple but you know what happens only one person desired to have action only one one person took it and and as if they did something with it and his name is found in verse 11 when Micaiah the son of Jeremiah the son of Shaphan had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord then he went That sounds like action to me. He did something. He did something with God's Word. He actually, he's going to the king's house next place. First place we see the reading of God's Word is found in the temple. The second place we see is now moving on up to the palace and to the king's house in verse 12. Three public readings. The third one is, going to be to the king in verse 21 so the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll and he took it out of Leshem the Scribes chamber and Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the prince which stood beside the king the king's response is different the king's response is not good notice verse 23 the king's response and it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on their hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments. Neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. No response. Oh, we can be crit- quick to be critical of these folks, and there's three people who tried to stand, and they're found in verse 25. They tried to make intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But can I ask you this morning, I want to ask you a question, what is worse, God's Word being thrown in the fire, not caring for it, not accepting it, not believing it, parting without it, ignoring it, neglecting it, setting it aside, and literally thrown in the fire piece by piece? Or is ignoring it just as bad as throwing it in the fire? Because the people did not respond and and ignoring it sends the same message that you and I don't need it. We don't care that we have it. It's as if neglect is the same message as discarding it. Why are these people not getting upset? Why, is, why are they not afraid? Why are they not renting their garments? Why, why are they not concerned they need to be. But oh, we can hear it and still not have action come from it. And there's a big difference in Jeremiah 42, 6, which says, Whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God. To whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Joshua 22 says, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in his, all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. Let me tell you this morning that the king and all his officers had, had only feared God's word enough to listen, enough to heed, enough to abide, enough to obey it. Take the warning, so to speak, they would have saved their lives and the nation's lives and themselves from ruin and suffering. But you know what? The devil doesn't mind if you hear it. He doesn't like it that you hear the Word of God or that we even read the Word of God and it's audibly out loud. But that's okay. As long as you hear it and don't do anything with it, he's okay with that. It's not a problem. The devil can be content with the fact that we can read and hear and hear and hear and hear and all throughout this passage of Scripture, you see that there's all kinds of ears hearing. In verse 15, they said unto him, Sit down now and read in our ears. So Baruch read in their ears. In in verse 13, Baruch read the book in the ears of all the people. All these people are hearing it. They're all hearing it. And, and all, over and over and over, it, they hear it in verse 15 and verse 20 and verse 21 and verse 24. They heard all these words. But in verse 31, it says... They hearkened not. In other words, they didn't do anything with it, and so it becomes not a good thing because the Bible that is clean shows a lean soul. And it's important what we do with the Word of God because it reveals who we really love or not. Because what you and I do with the Word of God reveals our love for God. You and I can not truly love Jesus and not love His Word. So can I tell you this morning, simply put, really, for great things to happen, I don't know what those adjustments are in your life, but adjustments are needed. I've had to make some adjustments to my life. I will continue to make adjustments to my life. Prayerfully for the sake of the Gospel. Prayerfully for the sake of the Word of God. Prayerfully for my own spiritual well-being. Prayerfully for my family's sake in a way that that they are growing closer to God. But see, if we're not growing closer to God, we in essence are going farther away from God. If we're not taking heed to God's Word, then our our soul is becoming lean and our, our spiritual substance is not much substance. And so the Word of God is important to not only make adjustments, but action is requested. And God wants some action to take place with our life. And throughout this passage of Scripture you see people that responded well and the king that didn't respond well and then others that that are trying to make intercession and then you have Micaiah that, that goes to the king and is trying to tell him this is what the word of God is saying and for great things to happen adjustments are needed actions are requested and then Jeremiah 36 picks up in Jeremiah 45 would you turn there with me please? I want you to see this this morning if you would and chronologically the word of God would pick up in Jeremiah 45 from Jeremiah 36 because you and I can make adjustments action can take place in our life but if we're going after it for the wrong reason or the wrong person it becomes in vain To hear that this morning, if you're going after the adjustments, if you're going after the action, and it's for the wrong reason, or even the wrong person, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, as Solomon said. But we see this one key Bible character named Baruch, and the biblical account here of, of Baruch picks up in Jeremiah 45. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spake unto Baruch, the son of Neriah, At the mouth of Jeremiah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of, of Israel. So I want you to picture this with me, please. Baruch, Jeremiah's assistant, the prophet, scribe, one of the greatest prophets, the weeping prophet, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. The, the book of Jeremiah is very sober, it's very serious but it's very very much shows God's love, His compassion, His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness. And Jeremiah's not able to write. Some say he's in prison, and he sent Baruch to go to the fasting day and go to the house of the Lord. He's brought the scroll. He's writing in the scroll. He continues to write. He's the penman of God's Word. You might have heard of Baruch. You might have not, but much of Baruch's writings were... He, we've looked at today and we're continuing to see in even chapter 45. And Baruch was trusted, he was godly, he was a great help to Jeremiah. You know, Moses had his 70 elders and David had his 600 men and Jesus had his disciples and Paul had his Silas and Lone Ranger had Tonto. Just seeing if you're paying attention. Timothy had Titus. Jeremiah had Baruch and Baruch had been brought through a variety of things, and at one point he was ordered for the arrest of him and Jeremiah because of what was written in the Word of God. And Jeremiah had him going through, they had even going through hiding and God's protection on his life. And Baruch has gotten to the king's palace, and his brother was known to, to be in the king's palace, and he could have been jealous for his, even his own brother. But he chose to be the scribe for Jeremiah. He chose to be around God's Word. He chose to be around God's man. He chose good things and eternal things more so than the earthly things of that time. And Baruch, I would imagine, he couldn't believe the king's response and how the king had thrown literally the pages of Scripture into the fire. But God's Word does not return void. And matter of fact, God's Word, the power and the protection that God has on His Word, brings it back. In Jeremiah 36, you would see that in the latter part of the chapter that he's told to rewrite. And matter of fact, when you rewrite, actually include what's going to happen to that king. Because the king that throws away the Word of God and just tries to destroy the Word of God, that same Word of God is going to destroy him. By the way, you don't mess with God's Word. And we do well to make sure that it is rightly divided and that we really understand what it's saying before, and make sure we live what it's saying and do what it says, that's the best place to be. And God, help us all with that. I need God's help with that. I, I trust you do as well. To literally be a living epistle written in our hearts and shown to all men and, and be living the Word of God in our life. And, so Baruch is here now with the pen back in hand, and he's about to write. And as he goes to write, and he, he knows the nation is going to suffer based upon what has been written before, and, and he knows what's coming to, to Jerusalem, and he's he's seen that it's going to be a bad, not not a good thing for what the future holds. And then he goes to get that pen back in his hand, and as he goes to write that pen, dear Tyler, dear David. Dear Bob, John, Amy, dear Baruch. And he's writing his own name. What? Unto thee, Baruch. Did you catch that in verse 2? Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Unto thee, Baruch. Baruch is literally writing down his own name. And what's coming next? I hope it's good. Oh, I, oh man, surely they'll put something in there that, that, that'll, that'll last for all eternity because there's going to be some people at Open Bible that are going to read this one day on October 30th. And what are they going to read? They're going to read this. Thou didst say, woe is me. Now, for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sign and I find no rest. Five personal pronouns. You find five personal pronouns when the Pharisees tried to pray. You find five personal pronouns here for Baruch. Woe is me. Have you had times in your life where you said, woe is me? There's times that come to all of our life where we could say, woe is me. But in verse 4, God reminds them who's in control. Thou shalt thou say unto him, the Lord saith thus. Behold, that which I have built will I break down, and that which I have planted I will pluck up, even this whole land. Verse 5, And seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. For behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh, saith the Lord, but thy life will I give unto thee for a prey in all places whither whither thou goest." the word pray can be translated to pray uh, i mean prize preserved for the word pray god asks a question this is not just for baruch this is for you and me that's why it's written great things happen when we take god at his word and we see that not only adjustments are needed and action is are requested but now ambition is going to be directed Ambition is directed, and great things happen when you and I ask this same question. Because great things happen when you and I ask the right question. Even greater things happen when you and I respond to the right question. And this same question can be posed to us here today. It's meant to be posed to all of us, every one of us included, underneath the sound of my voice. And may I briefly remind you, before we get too deep into this, That God sees our heart, He knows our motive, the reason why we do what we do, and God looks on it deeply. Because Baruch, you're seeking after great things. That is great. No problem. Wonderful. Especially Baruch, if your actions are on things above, then great. Now, if they're not on things above, don't expect God to honor them. But the right desires, God tells us in Psalm 37, Delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee desires in the heart. It's great to go after great things. We're to do our best. Matter of fact, Paul says this, Earnestly covet the best gifts. Philippians says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. High calling. Not a low calling, not a mediocre calling, but a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad we have a great big God? And aren't you glad that He laid down His whole life, not just some of it and part of it? No, all of it for you and for me, and not just for some of the world, not for 6,000, but for all the world? Aren't you glad for that today? I mean, salvation, it, it's great. It's so great, salvation. It's something that's great that's happening in our life. And in written down. And then we have the Word of God that adjustments are needed and actions are requested, but then our ambition has got to be directed and it's got to be directed right. And it says, call unto me in Jeremiah 33 and it says, I will answer thee and show thee, meh, weak, not, not a big deal, no, great and mighty things. Aren't you glad for that? Man, that gives me some hope. That gives me some, 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 some action that can take place in my prayer life. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Man, we serve a God of great things. Jesus himself, I mean, think about it. Just think about it. He he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus himself. Physically, mentally, spiritually, socially. Paul says, strive for the masteries. We're to seek great things. We should. We should do the best we can. Whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with all thy might. Jesus said the servant is greatest of all. Baruch had, had learned about being a servant. The idea here is not that we shouldn't go after the best. We should. I want the best marriage. It's okay to desire to be the best parents. Not to compare to somebody else, but to be the best parents that God wants me to be. I can only be the parent I can be to my children. I want to be the best I can be whatever hand touches and not all the time does that happen but I want to strive for that because the glory of God can be greater if I'm giving it my best whatsoever I do bring all to the glory of God but how does great go to horrible how does wonderful go to prideful well two words change everything two words they're there they're in that verse. And seekest thou great things for thyself. For yourself. For yourself. God says a big, big resounding, don't do it. No, 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 don't do that. Seek them not. God just so happens to not want any self-ambition, any self-centeredness, he doesn't want it. God just so happens to say He does not share His glory. It's not your glory and His glory. No, it's it's God's glory alone. And all to, to Him we need to surrender. A great preacher of today, when he first started his ministry, after he was done preaching, he thought, man, I, I hit a home run message. So he got back in his car with his dad and he asked his dad, so... What would you think of the message? And it was about like that. The response was silent. Maybe he didn't hear me. Hey, Dad, what you, what'd you think of the message? Dad finally opened his mouth and said, it was too much eyes, son, in your message. God is big enough. The word of God is enough. God doesn't need any of you in the way. And get rid of the eyes and let it be all of Him. His Word has the power and not you. So I asked you this morning, I asked myself this morning, why are we doing what we're doing? Why do you want what you want? You know this, that God does not share His glory? Conductor of the Boston Pops, Arthur Fielder, said the hardest position to have someone fill is the second chair first violin get this please the the second chair first violin is normally a better player than the first chair violin but the reason it's hard to get that seat filled is because of the seating the first chair has a more predominant more prestigious place as the first chair first violin sits in the spotlight if I may It's hard to get someone willing to happily take the seat of the second chair, second violin. This doesn't just apply to orchestras. It applies to churches. It applies to believers in the kingdom of God. It applies to each one of us. You know what God's asking? And seekest thou great things for thyself. See, it's either great things for yourself or for the true glory of God. But God does not share his glory. You know what God was teaching Baruch? Same lesson he wants to teach us today. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. God says this there's no self ambition needed at all if great things will be done for God. Hey, you want great things happening? We want to go forward, and we're gonna go forward, and, and what God has in store for us is great things. The devil wants to do anything he can to take away from anything great that's gonna take place. Matter of fact, he doesn't want you to even think you got a great big God, you have a great word of God, he doesn't want you to think you have a great salvation, he wants you to think that God can still do things with your life, and he can. And he wants some adjustments that are needed and some actions that are requested, but the ambition's got to be directed to him and him alone. And he is worthy of all our praise. And the only ambition worthy of a child of God is to please Christ, the one who lived on earth, never pleasing himself. Think of that. And then, may I remind you, made himself of no, none, nada, nothing, zero, zilch, no reputation. That's Jesus. And we do well to let this ring in our hearts today, and I hope that we'll go home with this 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 afternoon and think on this and dwell on it and meditate on it. This question Seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. Seek them not. Hey, you want truly great things to happen in your life, in this church's life, in the life of a believer, life of unbeliever, the greatest thing that you can do is trust Christ and take Him for your Savior. The hope of heaven can be yours. But as a believer, adjustments are needed still in our life. We've got to continue to see those adjustments take place. Actions are, requ- are requested and ambition needs to be directed not on ourself but all on who is worthy of it all god alone he is worthy of our praise he is worthy of our work he is worthy of everything that we do matter of fact even the breath that we breathe it's his and his alone let's pray dear lord god i pray that the greatest days are definitely ahead of us and i pray the great things are happening in our life as a result of even some way or another, that you use this message to speak to us. I pray you'll help us with it. And Lord, I pray you'll help me, myself, to not be a castaway, to take this to heart, to live it, and to, and to breathe it, and to believe it, and to do do some things with it. i got to believe this morning, dear God, that you've spoken to us today in some way or another. I pray that we'll make some adjustments that are needed, and we'll see those adjustments, and Lord, not just put them aside or not... Uh, Heed the warnings, the fine-tuning that needs to take place. Maybe for some this morning, they're past the adjustments needed. They're, they're, they see those adjustments that have come into their life, but the Lord then the action is, is requested by you and to be doer of the word, not just to hear. And then, Lord, for those that uh, sense the adjustments and the actions that have been taking place, may our ambition be checked and may we ask the right question, respond to this question, is it for ourself at all? I pray it will not be. And help us with this, I pray, even in these moments. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.